0: Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Hebrews 10. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, as we read this chapter, we pray that we would persevere in this life, that we would see what is really important, that you are just above everything, and that we would be willing to suffer to be in your presence. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Hebrews 10. For the law, possessing a shadow of the good things that are about to come, not the form of things itself, is never able, year by year, by means of the same sacrifices which they offer without interruption, to make perfect those who draw near. For otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? Because the ones who worship having been purified once and for all, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. But in them there is a reminder of sins year by year, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice an offering you did not want, but a body you prepared for me. You did not delight in whole burnt offerings and offerings for sins. Then I said, Behold, I have come, in the roll of the book it is written about me, to do your will, O God. When he says above, Sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings, and offerings for sin you did not want, nor did you delight in, which are offered according to the law, then he has said,
1: Behold, I have
0: come to do your will. He takes away the first in order to establish the second by which will we are made holy through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands every day serving and offering the same sacrifices many times, which are never able to take away sins. But this one, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, from now on waiting until his enemies are made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are made holy. And the Holy Spirit also testifies to us. For after saying, This is the covenant that I will decree for them. After those days, says the Lord, I am putting my laws on their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. He also says, Their sins and their lawless deeds I will never remember again. Now, where there is forgiveness of these... There is no longer an offering for sin. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence for the entrance into the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the curtain, that is, his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart, in the full assurance of faith, our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for the one who promised is faithful, and let us think about how to stir one another up to love and good works, not abandoning our meeting together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging each other, and by so much more as you see the day drawing near. For if we keep on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that is about to consume the adversaries. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think the person will be considered worthy of who treats with disdain the Son of God, and who considers ordinary the blood of the covenant by which he was made holy, and who insults the spirit of grace. For we know the one who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, and again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But remember the former days in which, after you were enlightened, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed both to insults, and to afflictions, and sometimes becoming sharers with those who were treated in this way. For you both sympathized with the prisoners and put up with the seizure of your belongings with joy, because you knew that you yourselves had a better and permanent possession. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, in order that after you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet, a very, very little while, and the one who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul is not well pleased with him. But we are not among those who shrink back to destruction, but among those who have faith to the preservation of our souls. Well, that's the reading let's dig in. In this chapter, we finish the section of Hebrews that talks about Jesus as high priest and the change of the law. The Hebrews writer starts off by emphasizing that the sacrifices in the law of Moses never really solved the sin problem. They had to keep offering them over and over because they never solved the problem. These sacrifices aren't what God wanted. God wanted obedience, and Jesus provided that. Jesus provided the one sacrifice that God wanted. He summarizes the Jeremiah 31 quotation that he had first quoted in chapter 8 by pointing out how God would change minds and hearts and forgive sins. That is the final solution. Then he draws a conclusion that we can enter the sanctuary. This is talking about the most holy place that he discussed in chapter 9, but he isn't talking about the physical picture of the most holy place, but the spiritual reality he is saying that in jesus we can enter the presence of god by the blood of jesus and through his flesh which he says is the curtain of the most holy place he says that we need to enter in faith he mentions that we are sprinkled and washed this is picturing the sprinkling of blood and the washing in the laver that the priests would go through for us i believe this represents the blood of jesus and baptism. Then, he says we need to hold our hope without wavering, and stir one another up to love and good works. So, we have faith, hope, and love here, as we have seen those together in other letters. He goes into a little detail on the love of our brethren. We need to not abandon meeting together. Instead, we need to encourage each other. Then, he goes into a warning section, verse 26. For if we keep on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. He points out that the punishment for sin in the law of Moses was death. And since he has been pointing out how much greater Jesus is, he asks how much worse the punishment will be if we reject Jesus. Verse 31. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. He reminds them, that they had been willing to go through persecution that included insults and pain and loss of their property. So he says, don't give up. He quotes from Habakkuk to say God wants us to persevere. The writer ends on a positive note, including himself, when he says, we have faith to the preservation of our souls. And now for a deeper dive. This is one stirring conclusion to this part of the sermon in the book of Hebrews. It is perhaps hard for us to relate to the persecution that these Christians had gone through already. It seems that his warning not to abandon meeting together is more about people giving up because it is too hard to endure the persecution, rather than just getting busy with other things. In America at this point in time, I think people are more likely to give up meeting with Christians for lesser reasons. They are busy with other things, or they were hurt by someone in the church. But the Hebrews writer isn't saying we need to attend a church to get something out of it. He says we need to meet together to encourage one another. So it isn't about what you get. It is about what you are giving. Now, as a wonderful benefit, we will get good out of that. It is another example of you get out of it what you put into it. And the solution to the persecution, or just these other things in life that want to get in the way, is to remember how amazing this is that we get to go into the presence of God. If you're a fan of a particular sports team and someone gave you some tickets to some really good seats, you would probably find a way to get there and sit in that seat, even if it meant canceling other plans. If you're excited about a particular political or business person, you might be willing to spend money and time to get to attend a dinner and hear that person speak. How much more valuable should we consider the once-in-a-lifetime chance we have been given to be in the presence of God? Of course, that isn't just a few hours for a game or a dinner. It is a lifetime commitment. But it is what our lives were meant to lead to. And when we realize how we deserve death instead, and how scary it is to offend God, how could we choose anything but God? When we consider how many people have accepted persecution, even to death, for this. Do we consider God our highest and first priority? Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible, copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.